All right, it is Wednesday here with the latest edition of WeatherWise. This is the podcast from the meteorologist here at 47 ABC WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik. This week joined by meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. Um, as we talk to you on a Wednesday here, uh, the first day of winter. Yeah, happy winter, everybody. Happy winter. If you've downloaded here um, before 448 Wednesday afternoon, Almost happy winter, right? Because that's the uh, solstice time, isn't it? Yep, solstice time. But also remember, though, if we have any listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, happy uh, happy summer, you know? <laughs> good point. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're uh, waiting for winter to turn here. It's felt like winter the past couple weeks, with the exception of the storm that we just, just came through this, yep. past, uh, this uh, past big storm. Several inches of rain. It was a soaker, officially a soaker for Delmarva. A lot of the rain totals came um, uh, across, uh, south to north, really. It, it didn't matter where you were. They, they came past the one-and-a-half-inch mark. Many places actually surpassed two inches, and uh, we're looking at some of the numbers there. Assateague was at two inches. Lewis, almost two-and-a-half. Powellville, that's outside of Salisbury, about three inches. Cambridge, even more than that. Um, no severe weather with this, technically. I mean, we had some thunder and lightning, which was uh, interesting given it's December. But this was a storm system that acted like a coastal low, right? Yeah. Acted like a nor'easter, but didn't really have the Arctic air in behind it. And uh, one thing that actually made it a little different than most coastal storms, it wasn't moving very fast. That's why we saw the high rainfall totals, right? No, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a, a slow mover, you know, the fact that it... You know, we got a good amount of rain from it the entire day. I mean, yeah, we did have some some, some wind, uh, but the wind was really just morally, mostly focused just along the Atlantic, and it was really only Sussex County that really only had um, an advisory, uh, a wind right. advisory to be exact. So like you said, it's just not like your typical storm where, you know, it was probably a little bit more further out into the water and, and all that. It was just really slow moving here across the area. But like you said, though, it really just brought a good amount of rain. And I know when it comes to the, the recent ra- drought monitor, it's really been Acomat County that continues to deal with abnormally dry conditions or even a little bit of a moderate drought. So hopefully this rain will be enough to um, to bust it, you know. And if you look at the totals, even down to what I mentioned, Assateague, two inches, but down to Wallops, uh, northern Acomac, which is right next to Chincoteague, 1.95 inches. Most of Acomac County got a, a very decent amount of rain out of this system as it moved through. So it was uh, plentiful for most areas. You mentioned that the wind was uh, kind of a, an, an issue for the coastlines, but really for most, most of Delmarva, it wasn't too much of a problem. There was a one-two punch with the storm. You had the wind that was easterly or mm-hmm. northeasterly during a good chunk of the storm, and that drove a lot of water in from the coast. So they had some minor coastal flooding as a result of that. But then you also had the one, the, when I said it was a one-two punch, the secondary issue was how much rain in a short period of time. And then you had some areas near the bay that not only had a little bit of coastal flooding, but you threw on that high rainfall total. They had a lot of standing water because of the issue there. So um, areas like Chrisfield, for instance, were uh, dealing with flooding in town for a little bit even after the storm moved through. Even though most of the area waterways weren't reporting too much in the way of uh, actual flooding, um, this was kind of uh, a hybrid issue, if you will, because of the uh, rain plus the coastal flooding issue. So that is uh, probably the biggest issue that we saw coming through. And as you mentioned, the wind wasn't too much of a problem with the storm. Didn't see too much cold air in behind it, but that transitions us to what's ahead here this week. And as obviously listening here for our Wednesday uh, podcast, this forecast has been evolving. It continues to evolve. 
but we were looking like a, a week out and it looked like we were going to get some snow. Now it doesn't look like that. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I know I was here busy throughout the weekend and every model run, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday really continued to just chip away the, any chances of snow and going into Monday, that chance is almost down towards zero at this point. So literally for us, it's looking to be another another uh, rainmaker here across the area. Um, also, what I did notice throughout the weekend when looking at these models, and like you said, that's why, you know, like you said, it's a week out, things can change so much, is that um, Friday and Saturday when we were looking at these models, it looked like the timing of it was going to arrive a little bit earlier in the day on Thursday. Now it's looking just a little bit more uh, later in the day, more towards the middle portion of the day into the afternoon on Thursday. And then going into Friday, some of the models are still trying to debate exactly when the actual end of this storm will be on Friday. Uh, so for example, the GFS has it a little bit later into your Friday night while the European model kind of tends to have it a little bit more into your Friday afternoon and still like that is trying to have that little small window for a little bit of a quick changeover. Um, even if it happens though, we're not really expecting anything, uh, really any accumulations because the fact that it's just going to be, by that point, the dry air is already beginning to come in um, from that cold, behind the cold front already by that point on Friday. Well, there you go. So uh, we're not looking at, um, not looking at that white Christmas chance. No, nah, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a, a white Christmas now. It's definitely going to be cold, but uh, definitely not a, a white Christmas. But, you know, like I know we were busy. We've been showing you the models and, uh, you know, we just tell, tell you guys, you know, it's it's always evolving. You know, that's why, like, every meteorologist says when it's a week out, you know, uh, you know, it's not set in stone. And this exactly this proves the case, you know. Well, four days technically into winter. Um, yeah. So it's so early in the season anyway. For Mid-Atlantic to see snow, especially here in Delmarva, a lot of our snow totals occur in January and February. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say we haven't had December snows before, but and I think I talked about this in a previous podcast with Sloan. There's also the uh, issue of timing. It can be cold enough for snow. It's just if you don't have any precipitation around the right uh, timing of the storm systems uh, or a storm system evolution, you're just not going to see snow. And so there's that at, that added issue there. It's just really luck if you think about it, because this weekend's gonna be really cold, like you said. Now we may not be getting a white Christmas, but I know other parts of the country are gonna have um, many inches of, of snow. Actually, gonna be measuring it in feet in some places, because this storm system that's coming in is really attached to a true Arctic front, a real Arctic blast that'll be moving across the area. So. And when I say the area like the um, Great Lakes, the eastern United States, you know, we're talking about windshield values in the single digits, if not below zero, well down in the Mid-South. Yeah. I, I saw some um, accounts on Twitter, uh, some other meteorologists talking about that, at, like the Tennessee, the Nashville area, preparing for this brutally cold setup that will be moving through those areas that not only do they not usually see a white Christmas, but they don't talk about that type of cold air until later in the season, like January and February, and they don't see it as much as we do. So No, yeah, and then the fact that, like, a lot of these areas, well, um, we're going to see um, wind chill warnings, wind chill advisories, uh, wind chill watches already starting to take place. Obviously, it's already has started already over, over in the northern plains, and that's going to continue to dive towards the south as we go through the next couple of days. Um, um, here on Delmarva, though, we are going to be cold on, especially Saturday, is really going to be the brutal day just because of the fact that we're going to still have that wind component in play. We're still going to deal with the breezy conditions um, after the rain is gone. We're really going to see our winds picking up Thursday and then really going into Friday with the actual cold front. But even behind the front, we're going to continue with those breezy conditions. So even though Saturday's temperatures were going to be in the low 30s, it's going to be probably feeling more like around 20 or something. Yikes. That's, that's going to be 
uh, even if we've already had cold air here to start December, that's definitely going to be a shock to the senses, I think. Yeah, uh, the fact that this will be actually one of our uh, coldest Christmases here on Delmarva, actually the last time to, um, when it comes to Christmas Eve, the last time we had temperatures um, this cold when it comes to high temperatures, we got to go back to 1999 when the high was 34. And if you want to go sub-freezing in case we don't make it to 32 degrees, uh, it's just a year before, 1998. Our low temperatures, the last time we had low temperatures down into the teens on Christmas Eve, we'll have to go back to the year 2000. Um, wow. And then for Christmas, 20 plus years. And then for Christmas Day, um, last time we had temperatures down into the mid 30s, you know, down into the 30s, we have to go back to 2010 at 35 degrees. Um, Sub freezing, we have to go back to the year 2000 at 29. And then when it comes to low temperatures down into the teens, we have to go all the way back to 2001 with a low of 16. Because keep in mind, the last three years, we've actually been above average. Keep in mind, last year, our high was 64 and our low was 47 on Christmas Day here. Ouch. So I think warm weather lovers are going to be, uh, <laughs> they're going to be um, upset to hear that. Just knowing <laughs> how much different it's going to be from last year to this year. I mean, mid-Atlantic, we always get a huge swing in temperatures this time of the year. When you look at it from year to year, I mean, we can be in the 60s, we can be in the 30s. I know we've been in the 70s before, I'm sure, um, or yeah. at least close to it. 2015, uh, uh, 75 degrees. There you go. And it wasn't even that long ago. So it can be all over the place, as we know. Um, but getting an early start on winter, I guess, is the way to look at it here as we go into the winter season. We just came off our big winter weather special that we had uh, on TV a few weeks ago. And by the way, we have that posted at WMDT.com on our weather blog section, all three parts of it. Really informative stuff. Uh, yourself, um, Sloan Haynes put out uh, great material there on uh, how to you know, winterize your home, how to prep for the winter season, how to pet safety. Uh, you talked about the difference between wet and dry snow, which I thought was really interesting. Um, that also comes into play, too, when we're just trying to measure how much snow is going to fall when we try to forecast, you know. Yeah. Um, but also getting to this time of the year, just having to know those precipitation types in general, as we talk about wintry precipitation, you know, the freezing rain, the sleet, you have a good thing online about that, too, oh, yeah. at our weather blog section. So we encourage everybody to check that out at WMDT.com. Go to the weather blog section for that. But I bring that up because um, as we get set here for the inevitable that we're eventually going to see snow, uh, winterizing um, you know, our house, winterizing our car, having the right uh, um, materials ready for the event that you know, we have to do winter weather driving and just being prepared for the cold in general. That's the things that a lot of people don't think about initially, at least going into the season, because coming off of our summer, especially one that I think was so hot and humid, um, still the idea of us going into the deep freeze is you know, a little foreign to think about. But as we go forward, first day of winter, there is one thing that we can look forward to, at least I do, and it's the fact that the days will start to get brighter, right? Yes. Yeah, or so, longer. Yes. And eventually brighter. Yeah, so that means that our, as of after today, that means our sun angle gets higher and our, and our days start getting longer. So that means that. That is such a great thing to hear, right? And you, the past couple days, or actually the past week, maybe even a little more than that, um, has been a bit of a. Um, I guess it was kind of a, a fake me out, you know, with the sunset being actually starting to be a little later in the afternoon. So you get the idea is like, oh, we're already turning around. No, that's not the case. We're still losing light. It just happens to be our sunset is setting a little later, but the morning sunrise 
is much later. And yeah. I think I even had a message off Facebook. Somebody was kind of uh, shocked to see that. But No, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so to keep in mind that we talked about this before and I've even uh, written a blog about it in the past is that the fact that the earliest sunset of the the earliest sunset of the year happens before the solstice, while the latest sunrise occurs after the solstice by about ten days or so from each of the two, and then you can kind of say the same thing in the summer. In the summer, the latest sunset actually occurs on the first of July, while the earliest sunrise actually takes place before the summer solstice. So I think that's kind of interesting how the fact that the latest sunset. And um, the latest sunset and the earliest sunset are kind of uh, spread out now at this time of the year, while the fact that we're going to go from our latest sunrise in January to our earliest sunrise in June in a matter of five months is pretty quick, you know, so. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just, you even just saying June, and we're talking about sunrises and sunsets and days getting longer. Um, I'm already getting excited about that with (laughs) the brighter days ahead and the longer days ahead, but Still a little bit of time before we get there, and it's always a delay, if you will, um, you know, the way that the Earth processes uh, temperatures and, you know, retains heat and, you know, dealing with the cold air, too, this time of the year. You get to the lowest, air, the lowest amount of sunlight during the day, and you think that as we start gaining more sunlight that we would start warming up, but it's always kind of a delayed uh, impact, if it's you a, will. It's a seasonal lag. And, seasonal lag, and that, there you Keep go. in mind, that's, just, and that's, also, uh, that's also not just for the whole year, but even during the daytime hours. There's a reason why the, sun, uh, that's, there's a reason why the warmest temperature of the day does not take place when the sun is at the highest in the sky, which around usually is your solar noon, which is around 12 or 1 o'clock. It's more so around 2 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon is when you get your high temperature um, throughout the entire year, you know, on any given day of the year. There you go. Um, it's just because it takes lo- takes a little bit longer for that heat to catch up to the actual um, solar energy. And the same thing happens in the summer. The summer, our warmest month of the year is technically July, while our coldest month of the year is January, which are, like Rich has mentioned, right after the actual solstices in June and December. So there's a little bit of an offset for real with that. And yeah. that's what we'll experience. Obviously, January, we'll get into some of the coldest air. And sometimes that lingers into February, depending on... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the patterns. We talk about that with the weather blog, the, the NAO, the North Atlantic Oscillation, which can really determine, and that's just a pressure index that can determine um, whether or not we're going to get into some of the coldest air of the Arctic, La Nina, which is weakening. That's the uh, Pacific Ocean waters uh, impacting the jet stream. A weak La Nina means less impact on our weather, and usually during a strong La Nina, we look at warmer temperatures across the area. So, It'll be interesting to see how things play out here in the next couple of months. But a lot of that information, again, found on our weather blog at WMDT.com. So uh, looking at uh, what's going on here as we get closer to Christmas, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it here on the TV side. Myself, Ulysses Garcia, and Sloan Haynes want to wish everybody a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas uh, beforehand. But, of course, we're going to be back again next Wednesday with another edition of WeatherWise here from the meteorologists at 47ABC WMDT. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you.